there, this is the Hello Personality Podcast, where you can learn to take your personality type from a casual curiosity to a life-changing path for growth, all for the purpose of creating a life focused on who you really are and what matters most. I'm Leslie McDaniel, and this is episode six. Okay, let's dive in. We're still in season one here, and we're still focused on what I call the 16 types personality system, which, as I mentioned in previous episodes, this is a combination of the Myers-Briggs system and the underlying brain wiring identified by a psychologist named Carl Jung. This is part two of a four-part series in which we'll look at the truth behind the four letters of your type in this system. And today we're going to dive into the truth about sensing and intuition. Now, if you missed the first part, I encourage you to go back and listen to that before getting into this episode. And also, if you haven't already, download the free typing guide that comes with or that is a perfect complement to this series. And to do that, you can go to hellopersonality.com slash typing guide. So the second letter of your 16 types personality is either S for sensing or N for intuition. And it's N for intuition because I is already taken for introversion. Just like there are a lot of misconceptions about extroversion and introversion that we covered in episode five, many people have some level of attachment to what they think these words mean as well. And from my experience, what I've seen is that there's a very heavy bias toward wanting to be an intuitive type and somehow thinking that that's a better overall preference to have and it's better to be an intuitive type for some reason. I think it's because there seems to be an amount of mystery or intrigue about the word intuitive and a belief that it makes someone somehow more special if they're intuitive, which is not true. And no matter what your beliefs are about this dichotomy, S or N, your overall preference between these letters only describes the amount of attention and priority that you give to certain kinds of information, whether it's gaining information from sensing-related experiences and information or gaining knowledge and information and insight from intuitive patterns. You might have a picture in your mind when I say intuitive, but I want to encourage you to try to set that aside and any preconceived ideas that you may have about this word. There are different ways to view intuition, and there's different types of intuition too. But here in the 16 type system, we're only talking about how you tend to learn and process information. I've worked with clients who prefer sensing and clients who prefer intuition, And there are benefits and drawbacks to both, I promise you. And since we're here to learn more about how to understand yourself and to use that information to be more intentional in the ways that you live your life, I know that you'll want to be able to see both sides. When I do a conversational interview with clients as part of the level one package for the 16 type system, I ask a lot of questions to gauge a person's focus on sensing and intuition. And it's not necessarily exactly what they say, but it's how they say it. And it's kind of what's behind the words that I'm listening for. So when I met Stan, whose name has been changed, he shared with me that he really relied on reading body language when trying to figure people out. 
He thought he was really good at this, and he even thought he could notice very slight changes in a person's external appearance. At work, he had learned to rely upon this kind of information to gauge what people were going to do. When I asked him if he ever made leaps of understanding about people, um, that he may or may not have any concrete information to back it up, he said he did, but then he went back to describing the body language that he observed as proof. When I met Sherry, whose name has also been changed, she shared with me that she felt very intuitive and very in touch with her inner knowing about things, and that's how she had defined being intuitive. She shared that she often knew that things were going to happen, and she had insights about people. When I asked how she knew these things, she said that she also relied upon things like body language and her past experiences with people to predict what was going to happen. Both of these people were using a combination of both sensing and intuition to learn about things. We call that perceiving. The first person was an ENTJ and the second person was an ESFP. They both tended to talk more about the learning function that is in what we would consider the back seat for them. And we're not going to get into that concept here, but it does relate to the mental or cognitive wiring of your mind um, that was described by Carl Jung and the order of your mental functions. Everyone has a sensing function. Everyone has an intuitive function. It just kind of depends on where they're located and in what order um, as to which preference you have. But more on that in upcoming episodes. But in the meantime, let's look at some examples of sensing and intuition. So sensing may look like noticing what's happening right now. And that includes picking up on body language or changes in the environment. It's It's a great way to learn about information if you have access to that. Sensing is also picking up on visual or other sensory cues like hearing and taste and touch. When you're focusing on sensing information to learn, it's about being specific about what's going on rather than talking in generalities or giving a general synopsis. That would be more intuitive, which we'll get to in a second. Sensing is looking at the actual evidence or concrete examples instead of making guesses or assumptions or trying to just predict what's going to happen. Sensing is also focusing on what you already know or what you've already experienced. And it's maybe even reviewing an event from the past to know how to do something in the present. Sensing can also be following a set standard or a set a system of standards or rules or something that's already established and in place, something that's tried and true. And you don't really have to learn anything new because here's this thing that's been tested. So all of these examples are some types of sensing information that you may learn from. And like I mentioned at the beginning, we all use some of these at some times. When it comes to intuition, though, It's the opposite kinds of information that we talked about. You'll notice that many of the things that I just mentioned were all about either what's happening right now or what has already happened. It's things that are concrete. With intuition, you instead look at the overall pattern or the overall theme or the summary of what happened instead of the concrete facts and details. 
It's generalizing your descriptions instead of being specific. It's also thinking ahead or thinking about possibilities related to the future or things that haven't happened yet, things that you can't know yet. But people who use intuition tend to rely upon this kind of information and trust it a lot. Putting together different ideas to create a brand new idea, something again that hasn't existed, is another example of learning from intuition. And imagining what could happen or learning from a scenario that you've kind of run in your head of like, maybe this will happen uh, instead of something that has already happened or what's happening right now. Those are all examples of trusting intuition. And as I mentioned in the last episode about extroversion and introversion, your overall preference is where your, your attention is naturally going to flow more often. You may have heard something in one of these lists and thought, that's me, I totally do that. But keep in mind again, I'm going to keep saying this, that we all can do all of these things at different times. Our ability and our skill level is going to differ among people and differ based on what our overall preference is and where our particular sensing or intuition function is. But when it comes to picking your overall letter, you want to look at the one that's so natural for you that it it just either happens automatically or it's very natural and your attention just goes there. It's drawn there very quickly and easily. Remember how we talked about what introversion and extroversion mean? Well, sensing and intuition can also be oriented inward or introverted, or it can be oriented externally or extroverted or outward. So this means that when it comes to sensing and intuition, there's the option of introverted sensing and extroverted sensing, and there's introverted intuition and extroverted intuition. Because sensing and intuition are both perceiving functions, they're both used to learn and to take in and process information. These functions aren't responsible for making decisions. Those are the judging or thinking and feeling functions that we'll get to in the next episode. Many times the introverted versions of sensing and intuition can be confused for one another. They're both focused on gathering information internally, so it makes sense that it may be hard to determine if the information you're really learning from is based on sensory information or uh, intuitive information. The same is true for the extroverted versions of sensing and intuition. And once again, they're both focused on the information in the external world. So determining if that information is sensory-based or intuitive-based can get a little tricky. Now, I don't want to dig into this too far right now because we are going to do a deep dive in upcoming episodes uh, into these functions when we get to something called the CAR model and really helping you figure out which versions of sensing and intuition you use. But first, let's get back to the examples of Stan and Sherry. As an ENTJ, Stan, who I mentioned earlier, had learned to use his extroverted sensing function, the one that's oriented outwardly, as proof of his more intuitive insights and leaps in understanding, especially in work-related situations. 
And after further conversations together, he realized just how often that he did rely on putting things together in his mind without concrete proofs or examples. So his overall preference for learning or perceiving, as we might call it, was for a style of learning called introverted intuition. It's oriented inwardly. But it also works with his other style of learning called extroverted sensing or sensing oriented externally. That's where he was getting his picking up on body language and so on and so forth. Sherry, the other example I shared, was an ESFP who was very much into the spiritual side of her yoga practice. And she said she felt like she spent a lot of time diving into the unknown through this practice. Unknown, you might think, is an intuition, and it is. But at first, when we talked about this, it was really difficult for her to see how much faster and automatic it was for her to focus on her external environment, uh, the, the world in which she was much more comfortable And she really easily flowed with any changes in her external world. Uh, That illustrated her overall preference for a function called extroverted sensing. She also used that introverted uh, version of intuition that Stan used, but they were used in very different orders and different locations. So both of these people use the extroverted version version of sensing, and the introverted version of intuition, which is something we're going to dig, dig into in those future episodes. But for now, just know that Stan's brain was wired to give more attention to the overall intuitive patterns than the direct, immediate sensory information that he had learned to kind of rely upon in his work environment. Whereas Sherry's brain was more wired to effortlessly take in sensory information from her environment. The intuitive insights that she gained stood out more to her because honestly, they occurred less frequently overall. And the pattern was difficult for her to see initially. So what about you? Which side do you think that you prefer? Again, I'm going to encourage you to take time to reflect and to observe and to see which one is where you actually spend the most time learning. And to do that, I encourage you to download that uh, 16-type self-typing guide. You can go to hellopersonality.com slash typing guide and sign up there to get that free guide. It'll walk you through the process of identifying not only extroversion and introversion, which we talked about in the last episode, but also the sensing or intuition side that you prefer. So that's it for today. In the next episode, we'll dive into the truth about thinking and feeling. See you then. Take care.